I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Paul Hickey here with NoOffSeason.com. This is the Sports Card Strategy Show. We are here to help you make money flipping sports cards and build a collection that increases in value. Connor and I are back from our behind-the-scenes tour of CGC cards and excited to talk to you today about a path to profit, buying raw and grading opportunities, and a new segment our guy Connor has cooked up in the lab called Solving Strategies. And of course... We're going to answer your questions and talk to you, NoOffSeason.com fam, on this fire app of the Sports Card Strategy Show. Let's go. What's up, everybody? I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. This is the Sports Card Strategy Show brought to you by Graybo's Sports Cards. Graybo's Sports Cards is a local hobby shop owned by Gray Burnett, Ryan Fitz, and Duke Denny One-Time Dodson. They're located in the Arts District of Richmond, Virginia. Graybo sports the best selection of raw and graded singles in the Mid-Atlantic and a wide variety of wax. Graybo's breaks on whatnot and or drip five nights a week. Listeners of Sports Card Strategy can receive a 10% discount from Graybo's on drip, whatnot, or their website at graybo's.co by entering the code STRATEGY2023. You can follow all of Graybo's news and updates on Instagram at Graybo's underscore cards. Don't forget to get a free 30-day trial at NoOffSeason.com today to help you make money flipping sports cards, build your sports card investment portfolio, get unlimited advice from our experts, and take sports card school to navigate the hobby. That's NoOffSeason.com. Get your free 30-day trial today. All the data we use on the Sports Card Strategy Show is from MarketMoversApp.com. Use code NoOffSeason at MarketMoversApp.com to get 20% off for life after a free 14-day trial. All right, let's get to the Sports Card Strategy. What is up, everyone? Connor Barnett here, head of contents at NoOffSeason.com. Ecstatic to be here on this fine Wednesday with you guys, as well as my main man, Paul Hickey. Paul, how are we doing, sir? I'm pumped up, man. The live chat is already on and popping. For those of you on the podcast apps, get ready for a fire show. Let's go, baby. Let's get it. Yep. So today we're going to talk path to profits. Uh, obviously, we've got some sell markers coming up. 
Uh, how are we getting out of those cards? What's the best way to do so? Are they moving and such? Buy roll and grade options, the best off-season prints to buy and submit to try to increase value. We're going to touch on a new segment called Solving Strategies. We're going to break down potential strategies as we continue to elevate our sports card investment knowledge bank to share with our audience. Um, but then we're going to round things off with audience Q&A. So as usual, be sure to drop uh, your questions in the live chat. We'll try to get to them at the end of the show. We just got back from CGC Cards, and we're going to touch on that. But before we do, let's hit on some live chat love. Like Paul said, the live chat is absolutely jumping this morning, which we love to see. Shout out Luis from Bakersfield, California. Jeff Miller, Mr. T, Color Match Collect, Matt Rubin, Gabe Davis, Justin Stewart, Eric B, Shane Graham, Cleo Cards out of Cleveland, Ohio, Papa Trot. We got SSI Southern Soccer Idiot in the house, Joe E, Mountain Lake Cards and Games, our guy Ryan Painter with a W of the Week, and Jason M, as well as Tim Larson. Oh, we're still coming in. I'm not done, guys. Tim Larson, sign of the times, Danielson Sports Cards, and Joel Kaplan. Guys, we're popping off already. Keep the comments coming. Keep the good conversation going in there. And like I said, be sure to get your questions, uh, wins and losses dropped in there so we can touch on them at the end of the show. If you like the content we're putting out on a daily and weekly basis, please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. It truly is one of the best ways that you guys can support us. Of course, join the Discord at Sports Card Strategy com to participate in the ongoing conversation with the rest of our fantastic community members as well. All right, Paul, take things away. Let's hit on some CGC real quick and then get rolling. Yeah, yeah. Tim Larson in the live chat. We were down at CGC Cards. We were in a different building than where your comic books are. So um, we weren't able to check on your comic books, but we had a, we had an amazing behind-the-scenes tour of CGC Cards. We, we got the royal treatment down there, understanding the grading process, quality, consistency, customer service, security, and integrity all at the forefront. Special shout out to our new good friend, Andy Broom at Card Grader on X and Instagram. And of course, Lindsay down there. We met Ralph Russo. We met a couple of guys named Nick who are both very good at their jobs. And I had a blast, Connor. I mean, you know, Andy Kaysen, shout out Football Card Quest, our main man, picked us up at our our budget hotel and drove us all the way to Sarasota from Tampa. So we got a couple extra hours in the car talking sports card strategy and football cards and life in general with our guy Andy Kaysen of Football Card Quest. Check him out. I know Mr. T is a fan of Football Card Quest and Mr. T, we see that you have a question for us in the live chat. Everybody in the live chat, Keep those questions coming and we're going to answer them at the end of the show. But yeah, we had a great, we had a great trip to CGC cards. So stay tuned everybody for some phenomenal content that we're going to drip out at you over the next several weeks from our behind the scenes Royal treatment tour of the grading floor, the grading process. And we had some great sit down interviews about the strategy behind CGC cards so get pumped up for that. Rusty Emmagart in the house. Rusty, you got to update your payment method at nooffseason.com slash my dash account, brother. You didn't renew your free annual trial, Rusty. What's up, man? I thought you were my boy. Get in there. Update your credit card information. You got to get that premium pack. Come on, Rusty Emmagart. I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. Update it, baby. Love you. Love you, man. Um, all right, everybody. 
Let's get into the show. But first, I got to say a special thanks to our NoOffSeason.com network partner, CGC Cards, who we visited yesterday in Sarasota, Florida. Check out NoOffSeason.com and click on the banner ad for CGC Cards and get more details on their great grading service for PC protection starting at $12. If you click on that banner ad, guys, it supports us. It supports CGC Cards. And of course, please know that Connor and I are not grading our cards at CGC Cards for flipping purposes, guys. So you can't just say that just because CGC is a network partner that we're giving you misinformation. We are not. We are just communicating their value proposition to you. And their value proposition is not to grade for flipping purposes. We grade at PSA for flipping purposes. But I'll tell you what we are going to do. Connor, we're going to talk about this after I after I hit on the official CGC read real quick. So we're considering sending some of our cards into CGC cards to try out a little experiment that we talked about yesterday. Are you ready to start grading your cards? CGC cards is the perfect place to slab your favorite football cards from their crystal clear holders to their affordable pricing. CGC cards is the perfect stop for your grading needs. Go to cgccards.com to start grading today. So Connor, before I talk to the people about sports card school, Let's uh, let's talk about that experiment we talked about yesterday real quick, because you and I were kind of we were in the lab. And just so you guys know, the lab can kind of be anywhere. It can be like in the anywhere. airport when we're flying somewhere. It can be at a card show when we're together. It can be when we're in the comfort of our own home studios. But uh, Connor, I'll let you comment on this here in a second. But we were kind of talking about like, what if. What if we did an experiment where we graded cards the same cards at PSA and at CGC now it would be hard to do because like it's hard to get the same condition card right but let's just say we pre-graded the same cards and we we sent in maybe 20 to CGC and 20 to PSA and then essentially we did an opportunity analysis around the cost the opportunity cost potentially of how long you would have to wait to get your cards back from PSA versus how long you would have to wait to get your cards back from CGC. So if we picked, if this would take a minute to, to flush this out, but if we picked cards with clear selling markers, but the right cards for the right player at the right time and conducted this experiment, we could find out like, even though CGC doesn't sell as well on the secondary markets as PSA, do they get the cards back faster and is there opportunity cost that we're paying waiting for our cards at PSA? Talk about it. I think you just did a pretty good job covering all of it. But I think at the, what we're trying to find out here, and, and you touched on this, is like we trust our strategy so much that if we have more time to make more plays because of quicker turnarounds, how would that pan out based on a pricing differentiation that is associated with CGC and PSAs? If we're using the same cards, how much more money slash less money would we make if we had time to flip more cards, even though it might be lesser profits or lesser uh, initial investment and things like that. So it's definitely something we want to look into. At the end of the day, we're not going to bring you guys anything that we don't think is legitimately going to make you money flipping sports cards, but definitely something we want to look into. And real quick, Paul, I want to give a shout out to our guy, Dylan L. in the live chat says it's his first live show. Already has dropped some questions for us. Dylan, thanks for dropping them. We're pumped to have you here and we will get to this question at the end of the show. Live chat's popping off right now, guys. Keep them coming. Paul, let you keep rolling along. Yeah, Danielson Sports Card says it's his first live show, too. So that's phenomenal. A couple new 
Newbies to the live chat, although we know you're not newbies to the show. Thanks for joining us on the live chat. Tim Larson has 60 TCG cards at CGC for flipping purposes, all caps. Baseball card curmudgeon in the house. Love it. Everybody keep it coming. Ziggy No, happy hump day, release day. Curious to Ziggy No's thoughts on our little experiment there. Uh, drop a comment. We would love to know your thoughts on our experiment. Could we pull it off? But let's talk about something that Connor just mentioned. He said, we care about giving you tips to make you money. And there's no better place to get tips to make money flipping sports cards than Sports Card School. Sports Card School is a safe place for noobs, advanced flippers, and high rollers alike to learn how to navigate the hobby and ultimately build a collection that increases in value. Go to sportscardschool.com. We couldn't have made it any simpler for everybody. Sportscardschool.com. Get a free 30-day trial at nooffseason.com today. It's the same place, guys. Sportscardschool.com takes you to nooffseason.com. Learn our guidelines, strategies, and plays to help you make money flipping sports cards to fund your PC and other things in your life. All right, Connor, you've got a great question of the day, so I'm going to let you take it away. My man, what, what's the question of the day for the peeps, for the fam, the nooffseason.com fam? Get ready to answer. Question of the day is which football cards slash cards are you most excited to buy this NFL offseason? Obviously, we are approaching that time, people, where it's going to be the time to pick up some discounted prints of your favorite players. We don't have to wait on a performance-based spike to see prices increase. You can simply time the market. This is pinned on our Instagram profile, so be sure to comment your answer on the pinned post at Sports Card Strategy on IG. If you're watching on YouTube.com slash Paul Hickey, wait for the show to finish, comment below, and hit the like button. We want to know your answers, and we're going to be interacting with you guys in that comment section. And if you've been paying close attention lately, we've been doing some serious giveaways to people commenting on our YouTube videos and IG posts, uh, so it might be beneficial and worth your time to hop in there. Myself and Paul are always looking at more ways to kind of uh, reward the fam, right? So uh, looking forward to that. Real quick, want to give another shout-out, Brennan French, another one, first live show as well. This is getting me pumped up. I love seeing new fam members hopping in here, whether you've been listening for a while or not. Good to have you guys live now. Ziggy No says, rewinding to the beginning. Love the show. Thanks for the hustle. Absolutely. But yeah, guys, so which football card are you excited to buy this NFL offseason? That's really kind of the theme of today. How can we liquidate our assets best to be ready to buy these cards? Where should you be putting the money in for these cards? And such like that. Paul, go yeah, ahead and take you, things away. With, go ahead. Sorry. If you need ideas to answer Connor's question of the day, which is a great question. And again, go to our, our IG profile at sports card strategy to answer the pinned post there, but also drop a comment below at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. Like Connor said, if you need ideas, if you need inspiration, go to nooffseason.com because we've got player profiles there that are coming your way from our football card rankings. And those player profiles have a lot of great deals on them for guys like Jalen Hurts, Tua, uh, you know, the obvious names, of course, but also some guys that that aren't as obvious names. So, so check that out. All right. Why should you subscribe to NoOffSeason.com's premium membership? Do you like the content on this show? I think you do. And I think you want more. A free 30-day trial membership at nooffseason.com gives you a Friday edition of the Sports Card Strategy Show called The Overflow Show. The Overflow Show on Fridays is a premium podcast for members only. 
and you can ask an unlimited amount of questions to build your sports card investment portfolio. And then Connor and I discuss them. We answer them for you. We put in the work, the research, and do the analysis, and we give you the best possible answer so you can increase your chances of making money flipping sports cards, guys. And if that's not enough reason, Rusty, I'm a guard to update your credit card information. If that's not enough uh, reason for everyone to sign up for a free 30-day trial, you get sports card school, which I talked about earlier. And tons of premium members-only articles and sell alerts. We post those sell alerts there first. And you can text sports cards to one 992 as well to get sell alerts. That's text sports cards to one 992 It's selling season coming up, Connor. I think I think we're, we're approaching selling season. You got some path to profits for us, man. Take it away. What do we got? I sure do, but a quick interjection, uh, interjection once again. Ninja Siblings, another one that's brand new to the live show, which I love. But also, Paul, you mentioned the Overflow show. I wanted to add a little clarifier here. If Even if you're not submitting us questions at nooffseason.com slash ask, which you absolutely should be doing if you're a premium member, I still strongly recommend listening to those Friday releases of the premium pod. Uh, because there's so much good value in there that you're going to get answers to questions you didn't even know you had. So I don't want people to feel like because they didn't submit a question that they shouldn't be listening. It's a great resource, and it's really a deep dive of, of what we do on Monday and Wednesdays. Yeah, and so when we're in our mobile lab um, flying to CGC, we're talking about the fact that we think what Color Match Collect just dropped in the live chat. Color Match Collect, thank you. Color Match Collect says the overflow show is the best. And I think what Connor and I realized just recently over the last like week or so is that our premium members and our audience bring such good questions to the overflow show that the discussion that we have and the answers that we give have made it one of the most valuable assets, really pieces of content that we have in this entire nooffseason.com sports card network. And we want you to get it. We want you to check it out. So nooffseason.com slash overflow. It's posted there every Friday afternoon, usually between 2 and 3 p.m. Central time at the latest. That's where you can get it. You've got to be a premium member, but again, you can get a free 30-day trial. And I agree. I mean, I think it's it's probably one of the best pieces of content that we put out. It's your third pod of the week. So why not get more, right? And why not learn how to build a path to profit? So speaking of path to profit, yeah, let's hop right into things. So rather than spoke than focusing specifically on buys as a path to profit today, we're going to explain our path to profits by freeing up cash flow as we look to prepare for the NFL buys in the coming weeks. If you're interested in specific plays here, be sure to check out our recent premium article at nooffseason.com titled Top Football Cards to Target During the NFL Offseason and stay tuned for additional plays later in this episode. So the question here is, Paul, how are we freeing up our assets and cash flow to prepare to stock up on NFL prints with the idea of selling before games start in early September. Obviously, no one has unlimited cash flow. There's got to be some sales that take place. we got a couple good ones coming up that I think are it's like the timing's really solid for us. So one of them being MLB prospects. Selling season is about to be upon us. So we've got some selling strategy talk and good news for you guys, starting with our guy James Wood, who's high up in our baseball card rankings at nooffseason.com. His entire card market is up 11% the last 14 days. 2022 Bowman Chrome Prospects PSA 10 up 47%. 2022 Sapphire Edition SGC 10 up 43%. His Mojo Refractor in PSA 10 is up 32%. His raw prints are moving up. His eights are moving up. His nines are moving up. Tens are moving up. It's good to see Spencer Jones' entire card market up 40% the last 14 days. 99 cards trading over 800 times. His 2023 
Bowman Chrome Prospect Auto Yellow Refractor out of 75 in PSA 10 is up a whopping 121%. His Mega Box Mojo Refractor in PSA 10 is up 100%. His Bowman Chrome Prospect Auto Raw is up 100%. His Sapphire is up 78%. His Bowman Chrome Prospect Auto in PSA 10 is up 62%. More guys are seeing jumps like this, guys. We're already starting to see these spikes. Jackson Holiday's car market is only up 3% the last 14 days, but we're up 44% over the last 365 days on Jackson Holiday. As a whole, White Langford's up almost 10% over the last 14 days. We're starting to see these guys spike, which obviously is good news as we've gone in pretty heavily uh, on investing in these prospects. And we've got another marker coming up. We've got the spring breakout games coming between March 14th and 17th, which we'll be following heavily here at NoOffSeason.com uh, to ensure we catch all sell markers, which you guys should be signed up for, as Paul mentioned there. So, Paul, i got a couple questions for you so we can kind of dive deeper on using uh, these baseball prospects to free up cash flow so that we can buy these NFL prints at a discount. Question number one, Paul, with some of these spikes that I've mentioned, should people be listing some of their cards if they're seeing prices rise in order to mitigate risk? For example, if you've got 10 Wyatt Lankford uh, Bowman draft sapphires and PSA 10, which I've, is up like 60% over the last two weeks, should you be listing half of those now? Um, should you be waiting for that spring breakout game? What's your thoughts there, Paul? Yeah, if you are specifically dialed in on 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 a card by card basis, then I think you can make moves like this. I think so to answer your question about this Wyatt Langford 2023 Bowman Draft Sapphire Edition PSA 10. It's to your point, it's up 58% in the last 14 days. So if you have multiple copies of this card, this PSA 10 or if you just simply have a significant allocation of your portfolio dedicated to Wyatt Langford and you want to mitigate some risk and, and this is a profit for you. So if in fact you are up 58% on your investment, uh, like the, the, like the overall market is for this card, then I would say yes, because you know, Rusty Emigart named me the Dave Ramsey of sports cards. And that's because I think that's be I think Rusty calls me that because I like to mitigate risk a little bit. I like to make sure that we make money, that we take some money out of sports cards or that we give our ourselves the opportunity to take some money out of sports cards and manage the bankroll a little bit. Of course, we want you we want you buying more cards, of course, because there's more opportunities. And that's the whole really the whole point of this segment is like how do we how do we put more money back into our bankroll by liquidating some of these cards. So yes, I think that it is a smart move. It is a smart move. But I will say this, Connor. I will say that, you know, to your point about Wyatt Langford's entire card market being up 9% over the last 14 days, I don't think that's enough to sell the guy. I think that's a great sign that we're right about what we tell you to do in terms of buying the right card for the right player at the right time, which essentially alludes to the timing of the market portion of that. Like if you can time the market buying the right card for the right player, then this entire card market up 9% in the last 14 days of Wyatt Langford proves that we're right. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out and sell my Wyatt Langfords yet. I don't think, I don't think he's at, I don't think he's near the peak of where he's going to be in terms of where his card prices rise to. And I'm going to work backwards here because I think Jackson holiday is a perfect example of that. You said he's up 44% in the last 365 days. Again, that's another thing we're right about because we said, look, let's look at the pattern recognition from Ellie de la Cruz. Ellie de la Cruz 
the reason why lefty you and I compared Jackson holiday to Elliot de la Cruz was simple. It's because they each held about the same amount of time as the number one overall prospect on MLB.com. And they each had highly investable Bowman Chrome first prospect base autos. And of course, refractor autos and other variations of the, of their autos. And Sure enough, we saw a trend line with Jackson Holiday mimic Elliot de la Cruz's trend line before he started playing in the MLB. And then what we started doing is saying, if Jackson Holiday's trend line simply stays where Ellie's did, if you sell Jackson Holiday at call up, you will profit. If you hold Jackson Holiday past call up, you could lose a little bit because we've had guys like Jared Kellenick and Spencer Torkelson dip huge after being the number one prospect on the MLB Top 100. So we were using all these data sets from the past to, to project what to do with Jackson Holiday, when to buy and when to sell. And that's where we came up with sell at the call-up, right? And so now we're in a situation where because his card market, hit him being Jackson Holiday, continues to rise and is up even though he's up 44% over the last 30 365 days i don't think you sell him yet either unless you bought in so low that you're already up like 2 or 3x then go ahead and sell leave some meat on the bone for some other people if you want because i still think there's room for growth in jackson holiday's card market so i'm i'm a excited hold but be ready to list at any point in time and you mentioned the spring breakout yes that's like two weeks away now, two and a half weeks away. So I think that I'm working backwards here, right? Because I'm starting with your example of like a card that you could sell now. And that was the Langford that's up 60%, which is crazy. But then I'm working backwards and I'm saying the other Langfords that might not be up 60% and all the holidays that might not be up that much, I would continue to hold. They're going to continue to go up. And I think there's going to be a clear sell alert. And again, text sports cards to 1-833-992-5727. That sell alert could come if these guys perform extremely well during the spring breakout. That could come if these guys start hitting nukes in spring training. Or it could come just simply at call-up. Now, nukes in spring training comes from the fact that, and our guy in the live chat Jamie Harps, jharps05, what's up, premium member at nooffseason.com, says James Wood is hitting nukes in spring training. And that is why his entire card market is up right now. That is why. Um, it's up 11% in the last 14 days to Connor's point. His, you know, Connor already listed off all the data, but I'm just going to say it again. 2022 Bowman Chrome prospect, uh, first prospect PSA 10. That's just a base PSA 10 Bowman Chrome first up 47%. Sapphire edition of that, SGC 10, up 43%. Mojo refractor version of that, PSA 10, up 32%. Okay, now is a great time to sell James Wood. Do we send out a sell alert? Maybe. That's probably something Connor and I are going to determine if we send that out later this week or early next week. But I think you see, if you start to see some of these other guys, like Wyatt Langford and Jackson Holiday actually start to hit bombs in spring training. And you're up and you want to mitigate risk and you have some more of those guys that you can sell at later selling markers coming up in the next several weeks. Be my guest and let us know how you do. Let us know how you do. Please drop a comment below. 
DM me at sports card strategy on IG. Email me at Paul at nooffseason.com. I want to know how you did. Hit up the hit us up on the Discord, sportscardstrategy.com. Find the link to join the Discord. We've got Shane Graham and a bunch of other great people constantly on the Discord. We want to know how you guys do. So, yes, I think James Wood could be a sell right now. I also think Spencer Jones could be a sell right now because Spencer Jones, like James Wood, is also hitting bombs in spring training. Connor already listed off the stats. The fact that Spencer Jones, who may not arrive until in the major leagues until another year or so from now, the fact that his cards are up this much, sell. Bowman Chrome pro, uh, First Prospect Auto Raw up 99%. Sapphire Edition PSA 10 up 78%. Bowman Chrome Prospect Auto PSA 10 up 62%. If you bought in and you're up that much on Spencer Jones, I would sell. I would sell Spencer Jones. Um, is, he, is he worthy of an overall sell alert? Not sure. Maybe we'll probably have to figure that out a little bit and you'll see if one comes out if you text sports cards to one 992 But man, I think, look, it's clear that we were right about the trend of buying these top prospects and then being able to profit on them this time of year. It's only February 28th and these guys are going up so much. I think... Most of these guys continue to rise until probably through the end of April. And then I think once people get into basketball playoffs in May and the hype of opening day wears off a little bit, then I think you might regret not having sold some of these guys. And that's why I think to sell Spencer Jones, to sell James Wood now is probably a good, a good move, something to look into. And I think that I would hold on Jackson Holiday until a more clear selling marker. Same with Wyatt Langford. But I mean, Connor asking a tough question. What do we do with like a Wyatt Langford card if we're up 60% on it? I want to know what you guys are doing. So drop a comment below at youtube.com slash Paul Higgy. Everything there was gold. If you guys are listening, you probably should rewind and listen back if you're not listening live because that was fantastic, Paul. Not only are we going to tell you guys the right card for the right player to buy at the right time, but we're going to tell you the right time to sell the right card for the right player. Um, and that's the big thing there. Like Paul has mentioned a couple of times, text sports cards for those sell alerts to one 992 So now that we've kind of established a little bit of if it's time to sell or not for some of these guys, let's talk about what to do when it is time to sell. When you do get that sell alert from us, Paul, what's what's our what's our path here for profits in terms of maximizing profits when listing these cards up, whether it be on eBay? Um, how should people be listing these? Are auctions king over buy it nows? How long should these auctions be? When should they end them? Obviously, if some of these guys, if we're getting if we're if we're sending sell alerts as soon as we hear they've been called up, how long should these auctions last? What are your thoughts here for people trying to maximize profits on these baseball prospect prints? I want people to do what I'm doing. I'm listing, I, I already have listed three Spencer Jones cards in 10-day auctions. And I started them on Monday evening. And they already have several bids, several watches. Guys, these are not big Spencer Jones cards. These are cards that I happen to come across raw out of, uh, I, I bought them off of eBay. I bought them off of eBay raw for super cheap, I got uh, two Bowman Chrome first base and one paper first. And uh, I submitted them and they got 10s, PSA 10s, as part of bulk submissions uh, last year. 
and I'm listening. I'm going to make money on these. You know, I'll report back to you guys on this show, but I want you to do what I'm doing. So, I mean, if you got those cards for Spencer Jones, I would list them right now. Those are not big cards. Those are those are minuscule cards that may never be higher than $40 ever again. And I think mine are going to go for probably more than $40. So we've got Alan Ma in the house saying Spencer Jones. Same thing, George Schur in the house. Good afternoon to you. Uh, we got uh, Eric B talking about Wyatt Langford being a superstar. Justin Stewart wants to talk about Shohei. We'll talk about that. I'm going to talk about Shohei on Monday show. What's up to Evan Ramos? And so I think that, um, I think I want people doing what I'm doing, Connor. I want, I want people, when, when James Wood is in the news, I mean, if you Google James Wood news right now, you've got Washington Post. Nationals James Wood can do big things and gets the little ones right. Number two prospect James Wood showing off speed home run power. Wood homers again. Wood homers again. You know, like, so like James Wood in spring training, this is why we talk about hype being the selling marker. This is hype. This doesn't mean anything. Like, you know, you if you talk to like Buster Olney or, or some baseball expert about this, like he's going to be like, yeah, like James Wood probably should be homering in spring training, right? But people in the hobby, this is where you can make your money off of this hype. And this is what we're talking about. That's why I want you listing them in seven to 10 day auctions. I don't really want you putting buy it now or best offer. The only thing I want you put, so here's the, and this is why we really try to break it down granularly, right? So listen carefully, please, to what I'm about to say. If you have a base card, like what I talked about with Spencer Jones, just a base Chrome PSA 10, it's not going to go much higher than what it's going for right now. So if you have a James Wood base card, right? I would sell it right now. I think I'm going to list mine. I think I'm going to schedule mine after the show. I'm going to go onto eBay and schedule mine to start tonight in a 10-day auction. Why? Because I get seven days from now through through next Wednesday, and then I get three more days, which takes me into the, to the next weekend. That's 10 days of more spring training games. And because James Wood's hot right now, I'm going to get the benefit of everybody bidding on his cards at the beginning of my auction. But if you have an auto, if you have a big card, if you have like a refractor out of 499 auto PSA 10 or, or, or PSA 9 of that, you know, if you have a massive James Wood or Spencer Jones card, I wouldn't auction it. I wouldn't auction that. I would list that in a buy it now or best offer. And I would, and I would only accept offers that allow you to profit maybe 1.5 to 2x on. But that's your call. I mean, it's, it's all up to you. It's all kind of a personal situation as to how much money you guys want to try to make on these. So I think it, it always, always, always depends on the card. It always depends on the personal situation. How much did you buy in on it? Like, we don't want you losing money, you know, on a prospect that still could go up. Just because we're saying to, they're hot now and to sell them now doesn't mean that that applies to your situation. That's why we talk about the overflow show. That's why we talk about, we want you to ask us questions at nooffseason.com slash ask so that we can dig into your personal scenario as a premium member and we can help you make money. So it's a great question. Like, how do you, how do you list the cards? It, should it be in a buy it now or best offer or should it be in a seven to 10 day auction? When should you list your seven to 10 day auction? I like auctions that end at eight or 9 p.m. Eastern time. 
on days of the week or weekend days where people are, are paying attention to eBay and they're not distracted by other things. So that's why I do what I do. And I think I'm going to list, uh, I got a, a James Wood base Chrome PSA 10 and a James Wood base auto first PSA 8. And because that's a PSA 8, I think I might list it right now. If that were a PSA 10, I might hold it a little longer. A lot of good stuff to take away there in terms of our baseball prospect guys that are going up and what to do with them. Again, stay tuned. We will let you guys know when to sell who specifically and give you guys data-driven uh, results for them as well. Uh, also, another sell market we got coming up is that NFL draft. You know, We've talked about buying a lot of football prospects. NFL draft, April 25th through the 27th. We're getting kind of close, 60 days out. Caleb Williams, entire card market up 11% the last 30 days. 2022, Bowman Chrome, first university prospect. And PSA 9's up 107%. And SGC 10, it's up 70%. Raw, it's up 24%. PSA 10, it's up 23%. Romo Duns, <clears throat> 2023, Bowman Chrome University, first prospect auto refractor out of 499. Raw, up 109% over the last 30 days. His Bowman Chrome University first prospect auto is up 55% the last 30 days. Our guy Malik Neighbors, entire market, up 11% the last 30 days. 10 cards up 10% or more during that time. Another guy we've talked about, Drake May. Entire market up 6% over the last 30 days. First prospect base up 40% across 32 sales over the last month. Guys, we're 60 days out and we're already seeing rises for these guys paul one thing i wanted to mention marvin harrison jr is one of the few who is down over the last 30 days his entire market's down 8.5 percent should people still be looking to buy marvin harrison jr because of this do they need to be getting graded prints only because of how close we are to when that sell market could be what are your thoughts on picking up additional marvin harrison because he's kind of discounted right now i like it why not marvin harrison jr is going to be a top three pick in the nfl draft that's a flag plant and I think if he's down and you can get the right card, then then that is the that's the right player and it's the right time because it's only February 28th. We're still two full months away from the NFL draft. So technically you could grade just in a regular bulk value submission to PSA and get them back. And I think you would get them back. And if you're worried about it, just uh go up one service level. If you buy a bigger Marvin Harrison Jr. card, you can afford, you should be able to afford, you know, maybe 50 extra bucks to come out of your potential profit margin on that because this dude is going to be like talked about so much during NFL draft week, the week leading up to the NFL draft. And then like, I think the week coming out of the NFL draft. And one thing we haven't really talked about that I want to just comment on real quick is that, when you look at like Caleb Williams and Drake May and Marvin Harrison Jr. likely being three of the top five picks in this draft, I've talked over and over again about the selling marker being essentially those two weeks, the week leading up to the draft and the week coming out of the draft because like all the hype around, you know, their pre press conferences with their new team and coverage on NFL Network and ESPN and things like that. But I think the reality is that they may not have many other investable cards come out until around October anyway. And so if you if you wanted to do a similar type of thing that we just talked about with the baseball guys, where if you end up owning, you know, seven or eight Marvin Harrison Jr. big cards or seven or eight Caleb Williams or seven or eight Drake May, it's not a bad idea to liquidate half of them 
when we've been saying to liquidate in April, but then maybe hold back a couple to see if the, if they do have some training camp or preseason hype. Because if Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. is the type of guy that if his card prices don't do what we think they're going to do around draft time, which I would be shocked if they don't, but he's the type of guy that's going to come in and like be on social media with all these crazy highlight catches in training camp. And then those card prices are going to rise. So I don't even hate the idea of holding a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. Even a little bit longer if his card prices don't move to where you need them to move to, I think you should still be in okay shape in August to sell for a profit if you're not at a profit point in April, believe it or not. Yeah, I totally agree here. Let's talk real quick about the assets that you do want to liquidate upon uh, the NFL draft. Not those that maybe you want to get rid of now that are up uh, if you have a ton in your portfolio or guys that you want to wait a little bit longer to see if that hype increases. But the guys that you want to sell at the NFL draft, the sell market that we've discussed, should Paul, should your auctions end on the night of the draft? You know, it's different from baseball, right? We don't really have uh, a ton of player performance spikes that can occur before. We're not waiting to see if they're going to get the call up. We have a set date. We've got the NFL draft night. Nights, plural. Um, is this a scenario where you want to end it on that night? Or do you want to wait a couple? Or do you have it set a couple days after to kind of get some of that residual effect? What are your thoughts here? I'm going to give you a straight up answer and a straight-up strategy to follow. But because this is the first time that we've really done this, um, it's not going to be as black and white as what you might expect. And here goes. So I bought, I would say, 80% of my Caleb Williams, big Caleb Williams cards, the Bowman Chrome first, uh, prospect autos out of 2022 Bowman Bowman U Chrome. I bought those a long time ago, so I bought in super low. Like I'm, I'm $500 max into like PSA tens of that card. Which, so if you look at what they're what they've been selling for, there's not a lot of them, but sales data is that I'm up like at least 50 to 150 percent based on comps over the last you know, several months. Right. So what I'm going to do is like, if I see that that card starts to sell for a thousand, 1500, et cetera, the week leading up to the draft, I'm definitely going to list at least 60 to 70% of those types of Caleb Williams cards that I own, you know, the autos, the high grades, Maybe it's a low serial numbered card that's not out of 2022. Maybe it's out of 2023, et cetera, right? But if I, there's a lot of people that bought in higher than that. Like there's a lot of people that have bought in to, the, to that same card at closer to $1,000 because of, because that, that, what I just said, it's moved up to around $1,000 since I bought in at around three, four, 500. So if I'm that person, you know, I need the needle to move a little bit more in order to really make the amount of money that I want to make. So while while I personally might be listing in seven-day auctions the week leading up to the draft to end, say, on on the Thursday night of the draft or the or the next or the you know 
the next Friday night or the next that Saturday night. That's the ideal strategy for me because of where I bought in and where the market has then moved to, where I expect it to move to. But that's not necessarily the ideal situation for somebody who maybe just bought in in February 2024. So for that person, I might take a, I might advise a different strategy where maybe you list in a buy it now or best offer situation at around $2,000 or $2,500 and have that be a new listing during NFL draft week. So you get that little new listing tag, but you're not exposing yourself to potentially having an auction underperform and not profit on that card. And then, cause then what you're doing, Connor, is like, let's say we're just using Caleb Williams as an example, but Drake May and Marvin Harrison Jr. and other people apply to this is if they outperform their draft stock, you know, if they're picked higher than what people thought. And so the hype meter goes through the roof on, on any one particular player. Now you're in a situation where you can strip down your buy it now or best offer and then ride the hype train with a seven to 10 day auction during that hype. So I think that's my long winded way of saying like, there's different strokes for different folks with this one, depending on what card you have, depending on where you bought in at, when you bought in, and what you need in order to walk away feeling good from that transaction. I, I don't think that the window necessarily closes at the NFL draft, but I do think if you're like me and you bought in low and you're just going to simply ride the hype of the NFL draft, which has been my play all along, then you go seven to 10 day auction starting the week before the NFL draft, you ride that hype cycle up to the NFL draft and then it ends. I wouldn't end it necessarily before the NFL draft starts, but I would end it like I would have it end the Friday or the Saturday night of that week of, of, of the where the first round ends. And so then I think you're going to make money because of where you bought in. I know that was a mouthful. I know that was a lot. But, you know, again, I think I just I just want people to put themselves in the position to make money on these plays, because really, even if the hype dies down and they and they don't have an opportunity to sell for a profit again, I think that in August, there's going to be another selling marker for a lot of these guys when they put on their pro uniforms, get out there in training camp, get out there in the preseason, make highlight plays in practice and they're on social media, and their pro cards aren't out yet. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Guys, this is free content that you're getting right now, and it would be very easy for us to just give you guys blanket statements of sell everyone at the draft, but instead Paul Hickey is sitting here breaking down different scenarios for different folks and how to best make money on them in elaborate. This is free. 
I just want I just want you guys to keep that in mind. So if you're not signed up uh, for at least our free premium trial at NoOffseason.com, definitely check it out. This kind of stuff is coming your way every day, every week. Uh, great work there, Paul. We're all excited to see these prices moving up. Excited to see uh, hopefully these profits pan out, and we're going to keep you guys posted on when to sell these cards. Great stuff there from Paul Hickey. Let's slide over now into to grade or not to grade. Um, like Paul says, I'm always in the lab. So actually, before we do, um, Paul, why should people be signing up for our one-on-one strategist package? Because of my whole rant a minute ago. I mean, basically, it's it is free to listen to the sports card strategy show, and I will I will give you all information for free. I always will. Like people know that you guys DM me on Instagram at sports card strategy, and I answer. But I'm also very transparent with you, and I say, look, you know, I. I probably will do a better job answering if you ask through nooffseason.com slash ask. Not because I I need you to pay me, but because that's our process for me being able to get in, get your question in the queue, give me appropriate time to research it and answer it on the overflow show. Well, if you take it a step further than that, we've got this one-on-one strategist package and it's already filled up right now. But if you want to get on the waiting list for March, you can email me at paul at nooffseason.com. We only take five every month. So it's going to open back up again in March. And you can get in. Be one of the first five. Email me at paul at nooffseason.com. It's pretty low cost, especially for what you get for it. The reason why you should get it is because you get me basically telling you exactly what I just said to this entire audience, but for you, for your situation. So it's like, hey, Paul, I've got this card, this card, this card, and this card. I'm XYZ amount into all of them. When and how should I sell? And then, oh, by the way, how do I manage my bankroll and what do I buy next? And so you get me facilitating that for you. Of course, Connor is helping me with that. And that's why you should sign up for that. I can only take a certain amount of work at any given time. And that's why we limit it to five. But I would love to have you. So email me at paul at nooffseason.com. And uh, if, if it look, if it's not in your budget, I mean, that's why we do this show. You know what I mean? So we appreciate all of you listening to the show, watching the show. And, uh, you know, we don't, we, we don't want to pressure you into paying us for something that you can't afford. And that's why we do the show. But for those of you that want more, we've got a lot more. Yep. Really well said. All right. We've talked about how we're going to get more cash flow into our bankroll, uh, as we try to stock up for NFL prints. Let's talk about an option on stocking up. If you've got the cash flow ready, we're going to do to grade or not to grade segment. Um, it's back. Today, we're going to focus on raw prints that I found and believe to be ideal pickups uh, to get graded to help increase value before you list them for sale during the NFL hype cycle. We're going to get Paul's sale of approval or fade uh, here. And we'd like to know that while these options have plenty of data slash data to give confidence as to grading percentages, you still need to ensure you're doing due diligence on your end when buying these raw prints and checking uh, as best as you possibly can for imperfections before getting them graded. Because at the end of the day, the numbers that we're pulling are simply that. They're numbers. Everyone has a different scenario. So be sure uh, you're vetting uh, the raw prints that you're picking up there. But let's hop right on into it. It's going to be a bulk play, Paul, in my opinion. Brock Purdy, 2022, prism base number 353. One of the reasons I like picking this is because there's tons of sales data to use here. They're super liquid cards. 5,100 plus of them graded by PSA. You can buy them raw. The 14-day average is $40, 190 sales the last 14 days, um, 34% chance to get a PSA 9, uh, which would come out as a 14-day average of 58 bucks, 81 sales the last 14 days. 
uh, an almost a 60% chance to get a PSA 10, 58% chance with a 14 day average cost or average price of $167. And that card is traded 156 times over the last 14 days alone. So that's a, that's a 92% chance to get a nine or a 10 per the data. Uh, if you buy 10 raw, looking at $403 plus grading, roughly 600 bucks. So rounding down, if you get three PSA nines, five PSA tens, um, Roughly a thousand dollars in profit, four hundred bucks in net profit. There would be one hundred and seventy-five bucks ish of PSA nines and eight hundred thirty-five dollars of tens. And these numbers are before a potential hype cycle rise from the NFL season returning. Paul, is it too early to make this play? Should people be waiting for prices to drop? Am I missing something here, or is this a great opportunity to buy some raw prints and get them graded? I think in a vacuum, it is a great opportunity because when you run the numbers, it looks great. And I think what people need to look at, though, is that this, while this may be for you, is there a version of this that might be more for you? And so what I would, what I would say that could be is just simply buying the PSA 10. And, and the reason I want to bring this up is because um, people have mentioned this a lot to me recently. We've, at nooffseason.com, we've, I think focused our con our premium content more around here is a card to buy that we think is going to go up and giving you all the reasons why we think it's going to go up because it's the right card for the right player at the right time, but it's down and we think it's going to go up and there, you don't have to do anything. You just buy the card and then you flip the card. You don't have to get it graded. We love getting our cards graded. We talk about grading companies all the time and we talk about, um, we do give you these opportunities all the time that Connor just gave you the two great or not to great. It is a great opportunity. I think in a vacuum, you could do this. I think if you are on a budget, you could do this. For example, if you want to dip your toe in the Brock Purdy water, but you can't buy the PSA 10 for between 125 and $150 right now, but you can afford 40 and you have 19 other cards that you want to submit to PSA. I think that might be the better play for you based on this data because Connor says you have a 58% chance to get a PSA 10. You have a 34% chance to get a PSA 9. So chances are you're not going to lose money Great buying a raw Brock Purdy Prism base 353 and grading it at PSA. I just think if you're going to buy 20 of them or 10 of them, that... what. Now what you're telling me is you have enough money to just go buy PSA 10s. So then what I would tell you is why wouldn't you just go buy PSA 10s? Because look, I love the way you broke this down, but in order to get into this play, you got to have $600. The way that you framed it up, which was great. I'm, I have nothing against the way you framed it up. I'm just saying, I think sometimes we look at things in vacuums and that's the wrong way to look at them. Not that you're doing it, but I think sometimes our audience does it. And so for the audience, I just want you guys to, to take a look at, to challenge yourselves to say, look, if I need $600 to get into a play, is there a better way to spend that $600 and take the variable of the grading out of it? Because you could buy four Brock Purdy PSA 10s for $600. And you could have, instead of hoping for five 10s and then getting three nines along that, you could guarantee yourself four tens, not have to deal with the nines for the same amount of money. So if it were me and I had $600, that's what I would do. 
But I would say if you don't have the money and you want to dip your toe in the Brock Purdy water, this is a great card based on the data Connor presented to just go buy one or two of for under $100 and try to make sure you get ones that are well-centered based on the photos. And I think if you get ones that are well-centered up, down, left, right, front, back, based on the photos, chances are because it's a 2022 prism card, the corners and the edges have probably held up pretty well. And so, yeah, you probably do have a good chance to get a 10 or a nine, like Connor's saying. But again, if it were me, I would say like I, my preference is to just go buy the PSA 10. It's pop 3000 now. So you should be able to find, I mean, it sold three times yesterday for $150. So you can find it. I love it. I love this play. I don't think it's too early to buy Brock Purdy. I think we're, you know, we're, we're a couple weeks past, uh, the Super Bowl. We're, um, you know, he's a, he's going to be a hot name all off season. I think by the time the national rolls around, this card's going to be back up to around 250. And it was certainly, um, you know, certainly in September, it could easily go to 250 or 300. So I, I think this is a win. Good stuff. Yeah. Once again, breaking it down for different scenarios based on where people's current state of investment is for sports cards. Love the response there from Paul. We're going to be looking forward uh, to seeing more dips in the football card market and bringing you guys more opportunities to pick up during the NFL offseason. All right. Let's hop into solving strategies. I'm excited to to, uh, to enter this new segment. Today's going to be a little bit of a more brief one, but I was sitting in the airport with Paul and I, and I came to a conclusion that most of our uh, deep conversations where we hypothesize how to make money in different ways on sports cards happen while we're on the road, while we're in the mobile lab, as Paul would mention it. Um, and I wanted to bring this segment to you guys because I think that some of the conversations we have, um, they give good lessons as to the process for finding strategies to make money flipping sports cards. They're not always hits, right? But we're always looking for new opportunities to bring you guys. So um, I'm going to share an example um, of <laughs> whenever I'm in the lab, I'm looking for opportunities, right? And sometimes they lead me in different directions and I go down a loophole trying to find more options for you guys. So I'm going to give you guys uh, some perspective on that and let's hop right into it. So here's the strategy, Paul, that I had come up with based on information that I had gathered and accumulated around the NBA All-Star break using it as a sample size. Is buying active goats the best way to time the market for NBA cards. We've talked a lot, Paul, about how it's difficult to invest in basketball cards and make profits there, right? Um, so my goal here uh, was to break down and see if we could actually find players that are more likely to profit based on timing the market for basketball cards. So as I was doing my research to identify who moved during All-Star Weekend to see if any sell alerts needed to be made, I noticed that basketball cards released between the years 2000 and 2009 were moving with far more volatility in both directions than other releases of different years. So let me give a breakdown of some of the numbers. If you looked at the last 90 days leading up to All-Star Weekend, basketball prints released between 2018 and 2020 were down 1.6%. 2010 to 2017, up 5.1%. If you look at 2000 to 2009, which we're talking active goats, LeBron James and Steph Curry, down 14%. 1990 to 1999, up 1%. And then you look at the last 30 days leading up to All-Star Weekend, 2018 to 2020, up 4%. 2010 to 2017, up 1%. 20, 2000, 2009, again, those active goats, was down 5%. 1990 to 1999, down 2%. So that's back-to-back -back 
segments where we see the most volatility coming from uh, those active GOAT eras. Uh, then if you look at All-Star Weekend itself, February 15th to February 18th, cards released in 2018 to 2020, up 2.1%, 2010 to 2017, up one-tenth of a percent. And then you look at our active GOATs, 2000 to 2009, up 3.4%, and then 1990-1999, up 1 of a 1.1%. So all three of the metrics that we see there, uh, the biggest rise in volatility either going up or down was from those active GOATs. So, of course, LeBron James and Steph Curry both exist in this release period. Um, over the last 30 days, LeBron is third in total sales uh, for basketball cards, 5,600-ish transactions, and Steph is 12th, 2.2K transactions. Uh, initially, when looking at 30-day data for popular rookie cards of these two, you'll see Steph has just two rookie cards up in PSA 10 the last 30 days, one of them being his uh, prestige base, which is up 40%, so decent growth there. But across the board, he's down 2%. LeBron's data is similar. Few desirable rookies up a substantial amount. He's down 1.4% across the board. So for me at this point, I'm thinking, Paul, theory's been debunked, right? I was hoping that this meant that we would see big spikes in these guys to where we could be timing the market for them moving forward. So that theory was debunked, but, and this is an example of how we kind of deep dive farther, I started looking at volume for these guys, Paul, because something that we talked about last weekend or recently in person, I believe, is seeing volume jump is a good sign because often means demand is higher and where demand is higher you can expect pricing increases so we've talked about psa nines and tens moving at different speeds well i'm trying to analyze if volume and pricing are moving at different speeds so if we see volume jump first will we see pricing jump after so this is where i transition to so this is my takeaway from from my segment in the lab basically i think we were right all-star break is not a huge sell marker for everyone uh, you can't look at different time periods and try to hope uh, that they'll perform differently, even at, even looking at our GOATs, though you may see a few names spike, uh, which we did. Again, you can go to the full breakdown at nooffseason.com to get the full breakdown on basketball cards during All-Star weekends. Uh, and even though the eras that I looked at saw big market volatility, they didn't have huge spikes for our top names within them. But Paul, when we look at volume spikes like this, my question for you from this research that I did is do you think that by using our eBay selling tips, you know, you recently had an episode where you broke down top eBay selling tips. Do you think that using our top eBay selling tips, members can capitalize on active goats during the all-star break because of the increased demand, even if price isn't necessarily climbing more demand, more eyes, more watchers. Does that equal more bidders? Can this be a strategy? Is more demand enough for us to create profits? Sorry, that was a mouthful. Paul, what do you think here? It looks to me like with Steph specifically based on this data and some of the other things I'm looking at and possibly LeBron that now could be a good time to buy and then sell in May. And if they, if either one of these guys do make it into the conference finals or NBA finals, definitely sell in June, but it's risky. I mean, I think, I think that one takeaway is that I do believe that the increase in transaction volume does indicate or should indicate an eventual increase in overall card value for some of these specific cards that are grouped in here. Like there should be Steph cards and LeBron cards in here that do rise in value over the next two or three months. Number one, because of the NBA playoffs approach. And number two, because of what you said with the transaction volume. And number three, I think the pattern that you outlined here is great in terms of the 
rise in value of the 2020 through uh sorry of the 2000 through 2009 grouping of like the index here so i mean basically for for those of you you know following along basically connor's data says like essentially i'm paraphrasing basketball cards were down pretty much everywhere over the last 90 days they've started to gradually rise is basically what the pattern is even the 2000 through 2009, which was down the most, is now up the most um, since All-Star Weekend, essentially. And so between, you know, that's why he singled out LeBron and Steph, because those are the two biggest names, active goats from that time period, 2000 through 2009, that had rookie cards. So there's other guys, too, of course, Durant, Harden, stuff like that. But we, But like Steph and LeBron, I think, are the two that have the most upside later on this season and have the most selling markers remaining in their career as long as they play. So I, I think for the for those two reasons, they're probably good buys right now. And then I think your supporting data does a good job saying, if you bought earlier, you're probably in great shape to sell in May. You, I think you could still probably buy these guys now, even though uh, some of their cards might be up a little bit since All-Star Weekend. I think that's a sign, along with the transaction increase, the volume, the transaction volume increase that you won't lose. I don't think you'll lose. I don't know that you'll profit a ton. I think that's my problem with NBA cards right now is like, I'm not, I'm not worried about people losing money at all, buying the right players, buying the right cards for the right players. I just don't know when the right time is to sell. I think that's my problem with it. That's been my problem with NBA cards all year, but I think I'm seeing a more clear path to profit with a lot of these guys with the playoff, like Giannis, for example, he's not in that, that index of 2000 to 2009. He's 2013, but I mean, Giannis's prism base PSA 10 is pretty low right now. Like you can get it for less than $700. I think that's a thousand dollar card in May or June potentially. I mean, if he like, I'm horrible at predicting who's going to win the NBA finals. So I'm not saying buy Giannis and then he will win the NBA Finals MVP and his his prism will go to close to two thousand dollars. If he does, it will. So and if and if he doesn't, it should still hold pretty firm at around six hundred, six fifty, possibly even um, even if he poops himself in the NBA playoffs, which he won't. But even if he does, next October should probably go back up around 800 or 900 again, just in that week leading up to the season. So I think this is probably the same if you buy the right Curry and LeBron cards. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
I love it. Yeah. I think that uh, at the end of the day, the, the takeaway here is that when you're looking at trends and shout out to market movers for giving us all this information, there's always a different area that you can hop into. And you, you did a good job of articulating that. Uh, and it is honestly something I missed here. I was trying to look at using the volume as an indicator to try to rise pricing when I'm selling something. But the, I think the takeaway here is that if we see the volume increasing and their cards are down, that could mean potentially that the volume increasing is going to eventually lead to a price spike. So it could be a good buying opportunity there. So fantastic work there, Paul. I think you did a good job kind of dissecting uh, me being all over the place a little bit. But let's go ahead and hop into our audience Q&A. Um, we've got a lot of stuff to break down today. So uh, guys, if we're unable to get to you, uh, sign up for that that free trial at nooffseason.com. Go to nooffseason.com slash ask and get a question submitted there and you'll get uh, a fantastic breakdown uh, of premium content and high value. But Paul, let's go ahead and hop into things. <clears throat> We're going to touch on a couple of W's of the week, as well as some questions. Starting off, Ryan Painter, W of the week, sniped a Saquon Barkley rookie hollow on card auto for 155 bucks. Sold it yesterday for 265. 30 day flip. Love this, Ryan Painter. Good work on the quick flips. Mister T. Paul says, "Are there any college hoop cards? Is there a March Madness play, Paul? Are you looking at investing on any college basketball cards? Hoping to sell during March Madness?" There are great college hoop cards. Bowman Chrome U, for sure. I've talked about Bronny James a lot. <laughs> um, and and there are a lot of other great guys in that set and, and previous year's set where you can go get their Bowman Chrome first prospect college auto. Or, um, you know, some of them are high school guys. Some of them are foreign players that are in that release. Mr. T asked about a March Madness play. Here's, here's why I avoid this because while it is fun, I have, I, I am the, I am the worst at filling out a March madness bracket. I have never had even remotely successful March madness bracket in my entire life. And so to put you guys through my risky whirlwind of weird college basketball picks and to try to pinpoint a card to buy that could rise in March madness this is a Mr. T. I I like where your head's at because you could do an analysis of like who has cards on teams that could pop off in March Madness and who could be the guy and are they super cheap for their I would say low serial numbered autos like if you can get low serial numbered autos of Bowman Chrome U first players on teams that would be seeded one through 10 in the NCAA tournament and get their top two scorers for less than like $15 raw on a card, you could put yourself in a position where you could hit and make money. It is, it is possible. It is penny stocks. It's not easy to do. I'm not doing it, but if you do it, Mr. T, I would do it that way. And I would want anybody out there in the audience to tell us, what they're doing, how they're doing it. And maybe there's a little giveaway in it for you if you if you help us come up with some content and a formula for how to do this. And maybe it's something Connor and I can look into. It's 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 interesting to think about, you know, Connor and I, just real quick, when we were in the lab at Culture Collision, the mobile lab at Culture Collision, one of the things we were talking about is do we build content around like if you were to calculate the odds of say the final four NFL teams remaining. So the conference championship games, right? How do you 
price out the quarterbacks, for example, to a point where you can't lose money, right? And so I think that you could do a similar thing with college basketball with what I just said. I just think it would be a very, very painstaking statistical analysis to try and ensure that you don't lose money on that. And that, and that's what we would want because if you don't, if these things don't happen, then I mean, really Mr. T you're stuck with cards that nobody wants. So if your end goal, worst case scenario is like, you've got somebody in your life who's going to want these cards and you're going to give it to them. It's not a bad situation. Yeah. Agreed. I think this is kind of a higher risk play, Paul. I also think that this is something where you probably would have had to already buy these cards, like at a very low entry point. And I think you to mitigate the risk, you'd probably have to sell before they even play a game in March Madness because, I mean, we saw all the upsets that happened in literally round one last year. So I think it's a risky play. Like Paul's saying, might be something we want to look into to see if we can make profits there. But uh, good stuff for Mr. T. W the Week, Joe E. Hit on an Anthony Richardson Origins rookie card variation for 10 bucks on a whatnot singles auction. Good work, Joe E. Justin Stewart says the CGC 10 Wimby looks awesome, Paul. Paul, we got to be around some of these CGC prints in person that look great. You want to you want to mention any of them? I thought in person the CGC pristine gold label looks sick. So I agree with you, Justin, and thanks for saying that. I obviously held that in my hand, and then when I was putting it back in the showcase, it fell over. Um, but because CGC slabs are so quality, it didn't crack or anything. It was still it was still in good condition. It was still pristine gold label 10 Wemby. And, and Justin, I picked that card because I made a lot of money on that card. I made a lot of, a lot of money on PSA tens of that card, but you know, Andy Kaysen is, is uh, he wants a, he wants to grade a card and get a CGC pristine 10 gold label. Like that's now one of his new personal goals. So let us know in the audience if that's going to be one of your personal goals as well. Yeah. They looked really good in person. All right, Shane Graham, W for me. Missed out on a PSA 10 for Stappen. Topps Chrome Sapphire for 382, but found an SGC 10 the next day for 220. Nice, Shane. Let us know if you're cracking and submitting that thing to PSA if you're crossing it over. Keep us updated there. Good work on the fine and for being patient. Love it. Danielson Sports Cards, W of the Week. Sold $300 in raw cards at a show. Use that to buy PSA 10 Optic Orange Jamar Chase out of 199. Joe Burrow, field level PSA 10, and Justin Herbert, purple die cut, SGC 10. Paul, thoughts on Danielson sports cards plays here? Let's go Danielson. I love the optic orange color match out of 199 PSA 10. You know, we don't typically talk a lot about those non-auto serial numbered right cards. There are multiple right cards for the right players at the right time. And I think... Danielson sports cards, what, what they've brought to the table here are, are three great examples of alternate right cards for the right. Like Jamar Chase is a guy we haven't talked a lot about on this show, but he's the right player and, and it's the right time for him because it's he's just as popular as Joe Burrow, almost just as popular as Joe Burrow is in the hobby. But I, I mean, certainly in the world of like the NFL and fantasy football, Jamar Chase is right there in a, overall popularity level with Joe Burrow. They're, they go hand in hand. And with Burrow coming back healthy this year, I think Jamar Chase is a sneaky, sneaky buy low. And I think Danielson's done a great job of saying, look, this is an alternate right card. It's a color match. It's an optic rated rookie. It's out in 199. Well, you didn't say the year, but I assume it's, it's 2021 Jamar Chase rated rookie. 
The Burrow, I assume, is also a 2020 rookie field level PSA 10. And then the Herbert purple die cut SGC 10, also an alternate right card as long as it is a 2020 rookie. So I like it, Danielson. Good work. Danielson sports cards up next. Dylan Lau, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly at the first live show. What's the best way to value an out of 10 that has no sales history? Paul, how are we comping out of 10s with no sales history? The best way to do that, Dylan, is to look at other out of 10s of similar caliber players from the exact same release. So in other words, if it's a, I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw out an example. If it's a 2022 Brees Hall gold prism rookie out of 10, and you're trying to value that and there are no, there's no sales data for that. I think you could go 2022 Drake London or Kenneth Walker the third's probably an even better one, right? Go 2022 Kenneth Walker the third gold out of 10 and see if there's a sale for that. And then if there's not, go to Drake London. And then if there's not, go to Garrett Wilson. And then if there's not, you know, like so then and then of course, you know, Garrett Wilson and 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 uh you know, Garrett Wilson for sure, Chris Olave, and go so go to the 2022 rookies, try to find an out of 10. And then maybe it's a, a maybe it's a running back or a tight end or a wide receiver or even a lower budget quarterback from that release. It could even be comparing it to a Kenny Pickett if you've got a Brees Hall. At this point, Kenny Pickett's down so much. You could go look for a gold out of 10 Kenny Pickett. So Dylan, you might not be looking at an ultra modern card. You might not be looking at, you know, a car, a football card or a prism, but um, you know, next time around, give us more details on the card. And this is why, you know, we'd love to have you ask it on the overflow show. If you're a premium member, if you're not get a free 30 day trial and we'll, we'll, we'll help comp it for you on the overflow show. Great work, Paul. Moving along. Our guy, Travis Rogozinski. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Just got a 2023 tops finest Corbin Carroll green out of 99 auto CGC nine. Should I crack and submit to PSA? If I want to resale, I got it for an all time low price what's the move here paul i mean rogo travis rogo you know don't tell cgc that i said to crack one of their slabs even though i'm saying it in a public forum and they can hear it anyway but yeah i think i think you should and there's me there's me saying someone's sponsoring our show but in spite of that i'm telling you to crack their slab and send it to a competitor grading company because I am here to help you make money flipping sports cards more than I am to take sponsorship dollars. That's how much I care about all of you, Rogo. I would crack that Corbin Carroll because the reality is that a PSA 9 is going to sell for more than a CGC 9. Now, the other thing here is an alternative, an alternative suggestion that maybe CGC would like better than the one that I just threw out there. And that could be, why not buy a raw green out of 99 of the same card, submit it to PSA, and then sell both on the secondary market and see which one does better. Or go buy a PSA 9, if you can find a PSA 9 out of 99, and then sell both, and then come back to me and Connor and tell us how they both did and be part of our experiment. But Rogo, no. I think the real answer is to go ahead and crack that puppy, send it into PSA. Let us know how you do. Corbin Carroll's probably a guy, though, just for the record, that I wouldn't go buy 
because I I don't see his like look at J Rod. Go look at J Rod's prices in his second MLB season and compare all of the charts for all of the cards to where he was in his first MLB season. So I, I just, if you got a Corbin Carroll for, you know, this all-time low price, cool. But I think maybe there's a reason why it's at an all-time low price. Just go look at J. I think Corbin Carroll, card market-wise, is going to have a similar season to J-Rod's card market second season. And J-Rod had a pretty good actual MLB second season. I'm not saying anything about how Corbin Carroll is going to perform. I'm just talking about how his cards are going to perform. Really well said. Thanks for the question, Rogo. Uh, up next, I want to hit on Shane Graham real quick. Already sold my James Wood Gold Shimmer non-first for over 4X. My investments keep bombing away. Shane, we freaking love hearing this kind of stuff. Shane, do you money. want to work at nooffseason.com? We might be hiring soon. Maybe, you know, I mean, you're you're flipping like that, baby. Let's, let's talk. Email me. Definitely keep us posted on the W's there. Uh, real quick from Justin Stewart wants to know when Lefty's new show airs, Paul. What's the breakdown there? Okay, Justin, thanks for asking, brother. This was not a plant. This was not a plant. Justin actually asked organically. Monday, March 11th at 7 p.m. East, 6 Central, debut episode Lefty Cards. And the way that you can find it, we're gonna we're obviously going to put more information out at nooffseason.com about it. But youtube.com slash at lefty cards is the URL that you can go to right now, actually, and just subscribe to that YouTube channel. I think it has a grand total of maybe three subscribers right now because we literally just set it up last week. But uh, everyone out there, go subscribe to youtube.com slash at lefty cards, and uh, you will get notifications on when he's going live as part of the nooffseason.com sports card network. We're pumped for that. So there's going to be the Monday, March 11th episode. Then he's going out of the country. Maybe there's mobile labs where he's going, Connor. I'm not sure. I can't speak for Lefty on that. If it was Connor and I going out of the country, we would for sure be in our mobile labs. But Lefty's going to come back every Monday starting April 8th when he gets back into the country. Every Monday starting April 8th at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central at youtube.com slash at lefty cards. Thank you, Paul. All right, real quick. When we were at Culture Collision, we ran into our guy, Farmer Joe, who was awesome to meet, but he was buying prints of Marvin Harrison, not the junior, in hopes of it going up when Marvin Harrison, the junior, has spikes. Rusty Amagart's in the same thought process. Is Jackson Holiday's call-up going to possibly affect Matt Holiday's cards or even any cards Ethan Holiday may have? What do you think here, Paul? Big enough spikes or, or should we fade this one? I would say Rusty's on to something because I saw, I think a bunch of people in the live chat were talking about Deion Sanders also. And I'm not sure if that's why they were talking about Deion Sanders. But I think that when you do have a, a second coming, if you will, of, you know, we got Bronny James, we got Arch Manning, we've got uh, Ethan Holiday is... Uh, you know, my son told me that Ethan Holiday is what the number one high school player. And so uh, if anything is going to drive Marvin Harrison seniors prices or, you know, LeBron, like LeBron's got other selling markers than Bronny playing. That's not a good example. But if anything's going to drive Matt Holiday's card market, 
Um, this would be it. So I Rusty, I, I like where your head's at. I don't think that it's a guaranteed thing. And I don't even know how much Matt Holiday cards cost. But if you can get a you know, it, I think it depends on is it the right Matt Holiday card and how much does it cost? And then you could make money off of it. Sure, absolutely. I mean, and then you could even put it together in a lot with Jackson Holiday cards that have maybe dipped after his call up. You know, you might be in a perfect storm where you could go get Matt Holiday cards super cheap right now. Wait to get Jackson Holiday cards cheaper after his call up, and then when Ethan Holiday has cards, go get those and sell them all together, and you could probably maximize probably maximize the Matt Holiday cards that way. I don't know, dude. That's an interesting thought. It's not something I'm gonna do, but uh, it's worth talking about for sure. You know, I don't know, Connor. Like, do we run an analysis on like? When Tim Hardaway Jr. got into the NBA, did Tim Hardaway's cards go up? You know, how far do we go back on that? Is there something we can do with this? It's definitely something to to look into. And obviously, we look into everything, so we probably will. And one more thing I wanted to add there is uh, if for some reason you're someone that has Matt Holiday cards right now, even if maybe they aren't necessarily the right card, definitely pay attention to prices because they're just clogging up space in, at the crib, right? So pay attention because you're like Paul said, there's not really going to be any other markers for Matt Holiday moving forward. So just my two cents. Yeah, there. and I, I will say this too, like about Mosaic Joe. Like I don't, I'm not speaking for Mosaic Joe here, but I think his thought process. Well, if if I were doing what he were doing, I would look at Marvin Harrison Senior's cards as a several steps up from a Matt Holiday situation. Because like Matt Holiday, people are people are stupid. All right, like nobody in the NoOffseason.com fam is stupid. So none of you are, but people are, right? So like Ethan Holiday and Matt Holiday don't have the same name. Marvin Harrison Jr. and Marvin Harrison Sr. do, and so I think Mosaic Joe could just be thinking a little bit of look. People are going to be searching literally the words Marvin Harrison a lot more in april may june july august when this guy is you know an nfl player right at the beginning of his nfl career and because of that those searches will trigger more other marvin harrison cards to appear in ebay search results and and when you search unless you list matt holiday cards as jackson holiday's son or Ethan Holiday's son, when Ethan gets those cards out, you know, I don't know if there's enough room in the, the title of the eBay listing or if, if that bumps it up, but maybe this is something legitimate. Please drop a comment below at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey if this is something where maybe people out there, Connor, have had Matt Holiday cards go up when Jackson Holiday cards came out. You know, that like that, that would be something that was right under my nose that I didn't think of a second ago is like, you know, did Matt holiday cards bump during the 2022 draft when, you know, summer of 2022 when Jackson holiday was the first overall pick and Matt holiday was on TV with him because if they did, then I could see Matt holiday cards when Ethan, you know, spiking when Ethan holiday, when Ethan holiday gets drafted. So maybe, maybe Rusty's, you know, maybe I'm overlooking Rusty's thought process here. This could be good actually. We need to dig into this. Definitely something to look into. Uh, up next, Jay Harps 05. Assuming you unload all of your Langford Holiday Churio and Wood cards now, when would you start buying cards for prospects that you target selling during spring training of 2025? When's the time to start getting these prospects after we unload the current ones? 
So for Wyatt Langford, I think I think um, there's no reason not to buy some Wyatt Langford cards now, even though they're going up. I mean, Connor mentioned that his entire card market's up nine percent. I think Wyatt Langford's the guy that we think is going to be following the Jackson Holiday, Ellie, Ellie De La Cruz trend line of continuing to, to go up and up until he gets called up. He does have an ETA in the MLB of 2024. So um, he might be in a position where you don't, uh, where he doesn't qualify for this because uh, Jamie, uh, you're talking about spring training 2025, but because these guys' cards are already out, I mean, really? Like, now for the top ones and for the for the ones that aren't in the top five, I you know I think you could wait until the best pocket is going to be November December. It's it's going the real answer is between Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's the real answer. Um, but again, it's situation dependent because if you're talking about Wyatt Lankford, then you're in a situation where you probably need to buy him now because his prices are probably just going to continue to go up. And we don't know when he's going to get called up. But some of these guys don't have cards out yet. Like some of the top prospects for tw- for spring training 2025 don't have cards out yet. They're still going to be uh, 2024 Bowman baseball, 2024 Bowman Chrome baseball. And a lot of the guys that we've already recommended buying are going to get called up. So we're kind of in a weird pocket where I think you're looking at fading most prospects until between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then I think you're, because by then you know who the top prospects are and their cards, even though they might've spiked quite a bit throughout the baseball season, they will have come down and there will be meat on the bone if you buy in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Great work. Quick shout out to Evan Ramos, W of the Week. Uh, able to get on a live show. Always hard to catch them live. Always thoughtful and useful info. We love having you here, Evan. Thanks for the kind words. Uh, all right, let's touch on Shohei real quick from Justin Stewart. Can we talk about Shohei and his awesome debut? The Dodgers did hit a home run in his debut. Paul, uh, let's just take that into our realm a little bit. What's it mean for Shohei right now? When are people? When should people be looking to sell Shohei? Is it similar to prospect timing? What are your thoughts? It's card dependent, man, but I look at his 20, 2018... Tops Chrome pitching base PSA 10, which is like pop ridiculous. It uh, it's not up, you know. So, but th- but then if you if you look at the T83 of that, that's uh, that's up a little bit. Shohei isn't, you know, Justin. I'm excited about Shohei. Everyone's excited about Shohei. That home run is a big deal. I'm not trying to minimize it. I, it means a lot in terms of the hype and probably performance-based markers that Shohei will have this season, but it's not time to sell. You got to wait on Shohei. His market's just not up. I mean, the the proof is in the data. His market's not up yet. I think, I think when the, when the games matter and he's, when the games count and he's hitting home runs, which he will, then you will see the Shohei prices go up to where everyone will be profiting. If they bought in where we said to buy in 
So you you got to hold Shohei. You can't sell him yet. But I but I'm excited. I mean, we so talking about it, it's legit. He's gonna have a great year with the Dodgers. He's not gonna pitch till next year, but I think he's gonna have a great hitting season with the Dodgers this year. Love it. All right, couple more to touch on before we wrap things up. We're gonna head back over to Rusty. Describe one of my one of many Riley Leonard first autos. Shout out to Paul for the recommendation. I'm gonna plug that. However, I uh, need a public service announcement on these Brawnies. They are moving. Paul, Rusty says Bronny's moving. I haven't done a whole lot of research on his market. What are you seeing? And here's the question. He's been in the news lately because he's getting a lot of flack from people, whether he is or isn't on the mock drafts, things like that. Is that helping fuel his prices via popularity of being in the news? What's going on with Bronny right now? I mean, I think Bronny is an amazing buy. I'm, I'm standing by what I've said in the last, in the last several episodes of this show. I've given countless reasons why it makes sense to buy Bonnie by Bronny James by Bronny James he's got the right cards Bowman Chrome U first autos that are way cheaper they're way cheaper than they would be if he was on a good college basketball team actually playing well individually himself he went from a projected first round NBA pick in 2024 to almost dying in a workout and then several months later being medically cleared and then being thrust into a really young, inexperienced USC team in a situation where he wanted to prove that he could play, but he probably wasn't ready to be, you know, he didn't have off season practices like the other people did. He didn't have uh, like the kind of preseason college basketball schedule that you get when you're a normal freshman. Like he was supposed to have all of that and he didn't have it. And so I think it's easy to look at him as the son of LeBron James and say, man, he sucks. He's underperformed. He's only averaging less than six points, blah, blah, blah. His field goal percentage, his this, his that. The reality is like he didn't get the, the training and the practice and the ramp up that a normal college freshman gets and people overlook that stuff. And so I don't care that he's not a projected first round pick anymore. The last time I checked, his birth certificate still says LeBron James Jr. And he will play in the NBA and he will for sure play in an NBA summer league. And I think that buying his Bowman Chrome first U prospect autos, which are super cheap compared to they would where they would be if he was actually going to be playing in the NCAA tournament this year in a significant role for USC, they'd be triple, quadruple what they are right now. So you can get in. You can sell based on any number of hype situations. Will he get drafted? Oh, he wasn't drafted. What will he do next? Oh, he just signed with the Lakers and as an unrestricted free agent, or he just signed with XYZ team that wants to sign LeBron. Oh, LeBron goes and signs there. Oh, they're pl he's playing in the summer league. LeBron's cheering for him. His cards will go up, man. I'm not saying Bronny James is ever going to actually get into a real NBA game that counts let alone be a superstar. But I think this is your public service announcement for Bronny James. Go buy those autos, sell them, text sports cards to one 5727 We'll help you make some money on Bronny. Love it. Yeah, Eric B is on the same page. Bronny could suck, but his dad will get an NBA team to sign slash draft him. And that is indeed a sell marker. We agree, Eric B. We're not worried about performance uh, for Bronny, as Paul mentioned. A good breakdown there uh, from Paul. Let's wrap things up from my end. Uh, with Dylan L. Is there a strategy to buying 
baseball rookies whose hype has fallen off a little bit. Use the example of Marco Luciano uh, in terms of having a sell marker for their call-up. Or do those rooks need to perform before the market reacts to get back into the hype cycle? Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, but right here all I'm thinking of is prospect fatigue. What are your thoughts here on people whose hype has fallen off as prospects and what should you do with them if you're holding them? Yeah, Dylan, you you bring up like a really good point that I think I I know I forget about all the time is that like people bought a dickload of cards in like 2021 that they're still holding because they are expecting something to happen to move move up the prices and Connor, you're absolutely right. I mean, in this particular situation, it is prospect fatigue. And, you know, so you've got like guys like Luciano who have prospect fatigue. And then you've got other guys who like used to be a number one prospect and then got have already had a cup of coffee and, you know, may come back up to the bigs and do well or maybe are in the bigs and haven't done well yet, but could. I think for all those guys, like, no, like you're kind of SOL, honestly. And that's why a lot of the decisions that we want to train you to make at nooffseason.com and on the sports card strategy show are around buying the right card for the right player at the right time because, and selling, sell, 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 sell alerts. Sell alerts are key. So Dylan, like, I don't know that there is a selling marker um, for, for baseball rookies who have fallen off and have already, you know, their call-ups already happened, or maybe it's just like, their call-up was supposed to be a couple of years ago and they're still in the minors. I mean, I think I think it's unfortunate, but those those are misses. And that that's actually why we we focus on like three to five guys at the top of our at the top of our baseball card rankings. Like we pick the three to five guys that we know are going to be called up in the next 12 to 18 months, have a little bit of hype around them, and then have you go all in on them and don't go super deep into the baseball card rankings. We're going to provide you more opportunities than the baseball card rankings based on what happens. But, you know, we talked about Spencer Jones on today's episode. That's a good example. That's why I said sell, you know, sell Spencer Jones, unless you're holding like a massive one. Marco Luciano, man, let us know what you do with him. That's a tough one. And, you know, yeah, try to avoid avoiding prospect fatigue. We talk about that a lot, but, but, but thanks for, for being on the show. We appreciate the, uh, the question. Good stuff from Paul. Our guy Duke Dodson is in the live chat. Says the lefties touts have all been up in price lately. Mentioning Spencer Jones, Jackson Churio, Jackson Holiday, Xavier Isaac, and Roman Anthony. Yeah, shout out to Lefty. Uh, shout out to the baseball rankings at nooffseason.com. We're excited for everyone to make money. And we're pumped to have our guy Duke Dodson of Graybos in the live chat. Paul, anything else you wanted to add? Where's Denny? Denny's in the live chat. Welcome to the show, buddy. Love seeing you. Hickey, baby. I'm here for you. Love it. Paul, that's all I got from my end. Anything else you wanted to add before we wrap it up? Travis Rogo says, at this point, would you consider Elijah Green a bust? Number five pick in the 2022 draft. I would say, unfortunately, Rogo, I think that there's probably like a 65 to 75% chance that, yes, he is a bust, unfortunately. I'm holding like three of his cards, and uh, I'm just probably trying to get out of them for what I can and then reinvest into something else, which probably is the answer to Dylan's question with Luciano and a lot of those other guys is like cut bait, reinvest into something else. The Denny is always with you. Everybody check out graybos.co. What a great freaking group of people over there in Richmond, Virginia. Connor, I, uh, 
I think we did an amazing job today. And I think thanks to our audience, thanks to our audience for making the sports card strategy show what it is. And we want to hear from you. We want you to drop a comment below at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. DM me on Instagram at sports card strategy. I'm good. Connor, you got, you got anything else? Like, comment, subscribe. Shout out to all the people that were live for the first time today. We're pumped to have you. Dylan L says, thanks for the time. Can't wait to be a premium member. We can't wait to have you, Dylan. That's all I got, Paul. Let's wrap it up. Let's go, Dylan. And Rusty Emigart in the show says he updated his credit card information. All right, let's go. Thanks so much for being here with us on the Sports Card Strategy Show. To connect with us further, please subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash paulhickey. Please also give us a follow on Instagram at Sports Card Strategy and on X at No Offseason Card. We also have a Discord that you could join at sportscardstrategy.com. Everyone, I'm Paul Hickey. For the rest of us here at NoOffSeason.com, have a great day. We'll see you again soon.